I hope you've had a good summer. Uh, It's great to have lots of different people here this morning. It's great to have different faces. Uh, It's wonderful to have Michael all the way over from Ghana. Um, Hope the kids and the grandkids have had a fun time. You're probably thinking, yes, they're back home, uh, back to school um, soon. Um, We've just loved being with our kids over the summer. Um, This morning, we're going to be starting our new uh, sermon series called Hello, Jesus. Hello, Jesus. Uh, Let me just hear you shout that out. Shout, hello, Jesus. Uh, A bit louder than that. Hello, hello, Jesus. Encounters with the living God. That's what we've decided to call it. As an eldership team, over the last few months or so, we've been praying, if you like, uh, about about our reaching out strategy. How does the church, I've loved that sense of the Spirit being on us afresh, uh, as Michael prophesied that, over us just uh, earlier. How, the, how does the church engage with the world out there? How does the church declare the wonder uh, of Jesus to those who don't really know much about him? I've certainly waited on God over the last few months and prayed a lot recently about that. Me and Gavin, while we were at the Devoted Conference that Michael talked about, we went to an excellent seminar, wasn't it, Gavin? Uh, an excellent seminar uh, called Choosing an Evangelistic or Reaching Out Strategy for Your Church That Works. And his first one was, there isn't one. That was helpful. But actually, there was really lots of helpful things to encourage us and spur us on. God was really speaking to us in that, um, in that, in that seminar, really, about what reaching out in Jubilee could look like. It was very encouraging in terms of the things we'd already thought about. And so over the next few weeks, up until Christmas really, alongside our all-new Alpha course, um, uh, starting in October, we specifically wanted to dig deep into some of the encounters that Jesus had with various people in the Bible that would inspire all of us, motivate all of us, convict all of us um, uh, about our reaching out adventure with God on Teesside. You see, Jesus, when you look at Jesus' life, he was always putting himself in uh, places where regularly other people were bumping into him. Hello, Jesus, I'm Nicodemus. Hello, Jesus, I'm Blind Bart. Hello, Jesus, I'm a prostitute about to be stoned. Hello, Jesus, I'm uh, one of your Jewish, um, one of your enemies, a Samaritan. Hello, Jesus, I'm a despised tax collector. Hello, Jesus. Even on the cross, as Jesus was dying and bleeding and gasping, his last breaths on either side of him, who were there? Two thieves. Hello, Jesus. Tell me more about you. You see, Jesus radically lived out his life, what he said, where he went, uh, what he did, so that others would definitely meet him, wonder about him, question him, challenge him, befriend him, sometimes be offended by him. But the bottom line was always this. After you met Jesus, nothing ever, ever would be the same again. We've got a bucket here this morning, and I just like, you may may have noticed that, um, we've got a bucket here this morning, and you may have noticed some pieces of paper uh, under your chairs. If you haven't got a piece of paper, you might might want to share some um, from somebody next to you. And I just want you, as we're we're going over the next, um, this is our response, if you like, as we're going over the next uh, 20 minutes or so, I would like you to 
write down some of the names that God has put on your heart, maybe to invite Alpha, but certainly people to reach out to. Because I just feel some, God is going to empower us. God is going to impart something of his spirit here this morning as we write those names, five names, in faith and pray about them regularly. I just feel God is going to do something amongst us that, that results in people coming to know Jesus and becoming disciples stuck into the church. Do you have faith for that? Question, who knows? So why don't you, can, you can start doing that. You can shuffle about if you like. You can um, uh, start writing those names. You don't have to write more now as we're going. Just in faith, start thinking about some of those names. It might be a neighbor. It might be a family member. It might be a friend. It might be the, it might be the cashier at Tesco. I don't know. I don't know. But God is calling you to put those names down in faith. Question, who knows what Christian means? Hands up. Who knows what Christian means? Any other hand? There's just one hand. I know you'll know. He's, well, okay, well, we'll start with... Go on, then. Christ one. Christ one. Liverpool two. No, no, Christ one. <laughs> Literally, little Messiah. Little Messiah. Christ one. Any others? A follower of Jesus. A follower of Jesus. Excellent answers. Um, it means, as, as, as a few people have said, it means little Christ, little messiahs. Uh, or or one, 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 um, uh, one version of it is Christ's crowd. Okay, it says in Acts 11, an entire year for an, an, and for an entire year the Apostle Paul and Barnabas met with the church and taught considerable numbers. And the disciples, followers of Jesus, were first called Christians in Antioch. Little Christ, Christ's crowd. And to begin with, this word actually was a little bit of a negative nickname. It was a bit of a mictake. You lot are like that blooming Jesus Christ fella. Little Christ, Christ, little crowd. <laughs> we all know what happened to him, didn't we? Nailed to a cross like all the other nutters. Nothing will come of you lot. <laughs> Christians. Maybe that's what people, some people think of you. But phenomenally, really, since the death and resurrection of Jesus around AD 30, Christ's little crowd grew and grew and grew at a rate the world has never, ever seen for a newfound faith. Suddenly, the Christian faith exploded overnight. Why? Because they saw this Jesus alive again. And they couldn't stop telling everybody about it. And so the term Christian changed from a derogative nickname to a badge of honour. Little Christ, Christ's one, followers of Jesus. Jubilee, we are little Christs, aren't we? God the Holy Spirit lives in us, as people bump into us at work, at college, at uni, at open door, at Hope maybe, at Alpha, at coffee time, this morning even, at the pub, at McDonald's, at the Riverside Stadium, even at Aldi. As they bump into, all, into us at all these places, they bump into little Christ's. 
declaring his love, his forgiveness, his compassion, his hope, his beauty. As we speak, as we do, as we give, as we laugh, as we love, as we think, people encounter the living God through us, the little Christ, his little Christ. Hello, Jesus. I remember meeting a whole new bunch of doctors about 17 years ago now at James Cook Hospital in the midst of my very chaotic, probably a bit depressed and certainly out of control life as a newly qualified doctor and thinking about these guys who'd suddenly landed on uh, James Cook. There's something different about you. They are living life to the full without just sleeping around or without drinking till they drop or without bad language or gossip or slander. These are the things that I was used to. Without having to prove themselves. What is it about them? Why are they different? I even thought when I looked at them, I want something of that. I want something of that for me. And to my surprise, it turned out that they were little Christ, followers of Jesus. And that was the first time I, way back 17 years ago, said, Hello, Jesus. So let's read our first encounter, shall I? Shall we? Um, uh, Mark chapter 1, verses 14 to 20. Mark chapter 1, verses 14 to 20. Now, after John, John the Baptist, that is, this was, um, uh, John the Baptist was a prophet who had been preaching about the coming of Jesus. Now, after John the Baptist, uh, Um, had been taken into custody, and as you know, he was eventually beheaded, John the Baptist. Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. As he was going along by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net in the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me, I will make you become fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. Going on a a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were also in the boat, mending nets. Immediately he called them, and they left their father, Zebedee, in the boat with hired servants, and they went away to follow Jesus. Let's pray. Yes, Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for... Uh, We thank you that we don't have to dream about or wonder about who God is. We thank you that, that you are a God who came to planet Earth, that you are a God who encounters us, is alive right now, and even now you encounter us face to face. You are the living God, and we pray this morning that you will continue to encounter us face to face, that we'll have a real... Um, um, a, 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 a real presence with you, a real understanding of you, a real a Holy Spirit in, inspired um, um, encounter with you so that we could come to know the living God. I pray that this morning, if there's, no, if there's people here who don't yet know Jesus, I pray that you will touch their hearts this morning so that they can come and know you in a, in a much more real way. In Jesus' name, amen. So the big idea here is this. Jesus calls us to follow him. And in choosing to do so, he promises us that increasingly he will form us into fishers of men and women 
by the power of his Holy Spirit. That is the big idea. That is the mission. That is the call of Jesus on our lives. And so three things from this passage that I want to highlight for you as we call God to empower us from now on. Firstly, there is power in the gospel. There is power in the gospel of Jesus. That is so important. We can get stuck on, oh my goodness, I'm not doing this very well. I'm not doing this very well. How am I going to save that person? But hey, there is power in the gospel. See what it says halfway through verse 14. Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of God and saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Another question, different hands. Who knows what gospel means? Good news. Anybody else? Good news, good news, good news, good news. Okay. And actually that's right, but have you ever sort of really stopped and to think about how powerful that word good news was in Jesus's in Jesus's day and actually in today's society it actually cut across everything they naturally wanted to believe about religion and faith good news let me explain the word gospel is the greek word now i'm going to teach you a greek word euangelion who can say euangelion a bit louder than that. Euangelion. That's right. Um, gospel or good news. It's made up of the word angelos, yep, which actually is a word that means messenger, someone bringing the news of an event that has already happened. And the prefix, the bit before it, you, means joyful. News that brings joy. Good news. Joy news, in fact. Evangelion, where we get our word evangelist from, actually. And back then, when Mark was using that word, gospel or evangelion, people would have got the huge significance of what he was saying. You see, that word, gospel, that he was using wasn't just any old news. It was big, big news. It was history-making, life-shaping news. It wasn't just daily news. We can slip off our tongue, can't it? Like, oh, good news. But this was big news. When great battles were run, like the, won, like the great battles of Marathon or, um, or, or the great sea battle of Salamis around this time, or when Persians invaded uh, Greece, we like that one, don't we? Because, well, if you're a Persian, you do. I guess you don't if you're Greek. They would send men or heralds or evangelists. That's the word they would have used. Uh, from that word, euangelion, they would have sent runners who brought the good news to Athens and to Sparta and to all the cities. These, ev- these evangelists would come into the city proclaiming the good news of victory, of freedom, of release from, sla- <coughs> of release from slavery. Woohoo! That's what they would do, do, these evangelists. Jubilee, that's the gospel right there, isn't it? That's why Mark is taking that word and using it so powerfully in describing the life of Jesus. The gospel of Jesus Christ is big, big news. Something that has happened in history and has been done for you that changes your status, changes your life, changes your very being. And let me point out another thing about the word, that word. It's news, not advice. 
It's not just advice. All the other faiths, beliefs and worldviews, they're actually all about advice. Do this, do that, a list of rules and regulations that either, or certainly my experience of them, that either made me feel guilty because I, uh, I never could obey them or when I was doing quite well, I'd feel all superior and full of myself because I was doing okay. But the gospel, Christianity is radical. It's unique. It's news of what God has done for you, not just advice about what you have to do for God. That's a very important difference. What's that joy news? It's this. It's that Jesus died for you and me so that all our sin, all our we-don't-need-you-God attitude and behaviours, all of our stuff-you-God way of living, hearts that put a great barrier between us and God, Jesus paid the rightful price for that kind of rebellion in our heart on the cross so that we would have life with God again. No longer separated, but at peace with the living God forever and ever and ever. Heaven! Totally different, totally unique. That's gospel. That's good news. Euangelion. Freely given. A freely given gift. That's the reason why it's joy news, Jubilee. If you're not a Christian here this morning, why not? Why not? How can you let the joy news of Jesus Christ just let you go by? Because let me tell you, if you trust in the joy news of Jesus today, it will change your life forever. Did me 17 years ago. Did Chris. Did Vicky. Did Val. Did Bill. Boom, boom, boom. That's how the gospel works. The Apostle Paul, once a persecutor of Christians turned follower of Jesus Christ, said this in 1 Thessalonians 5, For our gospel did not come to you in in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. Wow! He also said in Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. If, not, if you're not a Christian here this morning, you can become one today. Jubilee, we are not ashamed of the gospel. We believe that it comes with power into people's lives, don't we? I just feel God would say, look, stretch out your hands. Just stretch out your hands. And I just feel God would say, I want to pour out my faith into you this morning. I want to pour out my Holy Spirit power into you this morning so that you would have faith in the power of the gospel. Come, Spirit of God, I pray that you will fall on people here this morning and show them that this gospel increasingly is a gospel full of power where lives will change. I pray, Lord God, God, that you will open up and make bigger our view of the gospel that it is life that is a, that it is a life changing power that it is a joy bringing power a sin busting power a community forming power a world changing power a city shaping power a poor uplifting power a sickness healing power a god glorifying power fall on us today as we go out in faith this morning god is asking us a question is your gospel too small 
And that's really what Alpha's all about, isn't it? The presentation, the delivering of a gospel with power, the delivering of a gospel uh, that, um, that, that, we take, that, we, uh, that we bring to people as we take them on a journey in friendship and curiosity, ultimately encountering the living God. Hello, Jesus. At our next Alpha, we're going to be using the latest Alpha production, the Alpha film series. If you haven't seen a clip of it on YouTube, I'd really encourage you. Let me tell you, it is phenomenal. Me and our kids have uh, watched it loads, actually. Um, In fact, it's so good, Jesh has decided to replace Pokemon episodes for the Alpha film series episodes. It's it's that good. That is praise, indeed. Gavin knows what, what Jesh is like with Pokemon. The Alpha film series presents, a, presents the gospel to you from a whole range of people, from a whole range of different backgrounds. It's very creative. Um, uh, and, and, and I genuinely believe, uh, Adrian Holloway talked about it while we were at the Devoted Conference, and he said it has changed how we present the gospel in Alpha settings completely. So I want to encourage you. In fact, we're going to give you a little sneak preview, aren't we? Uh, next week... Um, of, of one of the uh, one of the series, Jubilee. Who are you going to invite to Alpha? That's your mission over the next few weeks. Invite somebody for coffee. Invite somebody for a meal. Um, there is power in the gospel. Secondly, being fishers of men and women means sacrificial love. Being fishers of men and women means sacrificial love. See what happens when Jesus meets Simon and his brother Andrew. Incidentally, as I was reading this, incidentally, look at this. I want you to realize that Jesus saves full families. We've already got an example of that. But as I was reading it and praying about it at home, I couldn't help thinking of Paul Cat- uh, Cat- the Catrells, how one by one God broke into their lives through Alpha. First Jill, then the very, 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 I think I put four berries, very reluctant Paul Catrell. And then all their children, one by one, Maria, Luca, Molly, and only a few weeks ago, Molly's here, I saw Molly, Molly. Um, only a few weeks ago, Molly served our New Day team excellently with, a bunch, with the rest of the team. I thank you about that last week. You know, Jesus changes lives. Jesus saves families, and I think we need to have faith for that. So Jesus comes to Simon and Andrew, who are brothers, but they're also fishermen, but, fishermen and he says, follow me. He says, follow me. And so they dropped their nets and followed him. Later on, Jesus comes to James and John, also brothers, and says the same, follow me. And it says there, they left their father. Now, it's not that these guys never ever worked again or went back to their career or never ever saw their family again. But the point that Mark is getting here is, getting here is that following Jesus is sacrificial. It costs. We give up something because we, because we have seen something greater. I thank God for this week. Finally, after a long, long time, I am now at two days a week in general practice. And, I, and, I, and I, it's been a very long journey. It's been a painful journey sometimes. But I finally, um, I'm down at two days a week for general practice and uh, three or four days for the church. And, 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 you know, as a family, we've really prayed about that over the last few uh, months and years. You know, we've, we've kind of kissed goodbye, if you like, to uh, thousands of pounds. We've, um, we've, um, I- I've kissed goodbye to my uh, dream of a Ferrari. No. 
and, uh, and, and Jesh has kissed goodbye to his dream of a, a Nintendo DS or whatever they call these days, a PlayStation. Um, but actually, in, in giving up, we have seen something greater. It's actually a no-brainer. We have, seen some, we have seen that giving up something, we gain something much, much more, something greater for us, for our kids, for our families around us, for our church, for our, t- for our town, for our brothers, for our sisters in other nations, for churches in other nations. Giving up something is nothing compared to what's ahead. It also says, you may have noticed that bit, that one, James and John gave up, uh, said bye-bye to their father. Now, for us, that doesn't mean anything, but in traditional cultures, giving up your career was one thing, but giving up your family was a very big deal. That's why it's in there. The point, the point, Jubilee, is following Jesus' costs. And notice it also says, I will make you fishers of men. Now, when we read that, we can have this beautiful little idea of sitting on the bank at Yarm, fishing with a hot cup of cocoa and watching the ducks go by or whatever it's like. Obviously, I've never fished before. But that's not what the writer here is getting at. Fishing in Jesus' time meant going out often at night through storms, big waves. It was treacherous. People died. Jesus is saying the same thing again when he calls us to be fishers of men. Following Jesus in his call to be fishers of men is costly. And in some, nat- in some nations, is actually treacherous. Some people do die. But what I felt as I was reading this is that in our communities, in Teesside, one of the greatest sacrifices that God is calling us to is opening our homes opening our families, opening our hearts, opening our lives, opening our diaries, opening our cherished Christian gatherings sometimes. Our community groups, maybe our men's group, our create group, others, to the people and communities that God has placed us in and around. It's not that these groups and gatherings are bad, not at all, we love them. I love my community group. But God is calling us, I believe, that to think and pray about how can these friendships and groups be drawing others in. Because that's what they're about. I feel God would say, be proactive about this, be intentional, because actually it doesn't naturally flow that way. Jubilee, Jesus is making us, notice it says, Jesus is making us into fishers of men. God is calling us to be encouraging communities on Teesside, encouraged ourselves by Jesus and the power of his gospel, but also to be that very same encouragement to others. Freely you have received, says Jesus, freely give back. If every single person in our community groups prayed for somebody, prayed for about five people and thought about how we could invite them in, you know what? We would see a massive growth of new Christians in the church. God will honour that kind of faith. Be creative. Help people belong. Um, be sensitive, be proactive in the way you do these things. Be intentional, be fun. Talk about it maybe at your next community group. Jesus said, for where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. That's how we invite people 
into a living encounter with Jesus. I also felt as I was reading this that food and eating and drinking together is important. That's an odd thing to get out of this passage. It's not technically in this passage. That's what God spoke to me about. And I feel that God would say, think about this. You see, we live in a very fast food culture. Food or grabbing a coffee um, uh, with someone is a way of, 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 of if, you like, if you like, bringing people together. It slows things down. That's why we do it on Alpha. It creates space so, so that people can really get to know each other. It welcomes people. In some cultures, it's, it's, it's a symbol of honour and value. It's very powerful. I love eating with some of my Iranian friends. And usually I get enough rice to last for the next three breakfasts. It, I, loved, uh, I loved having coffee at Gide, at Gide and Farner's house the other day. Um, um, and it wasn't a quick cuppa. It, it felt like an all-out ceremony, celebrating our togetherness in Christ um, as a family. I love having uh, marshmallows around a fire or gluten-free cakes or cheese and wine. We're posh out, We're posh out in Southside. Um, and I, at my community group, yeah, food just does it. And I just feel God would say, think about that, food, drink. Welcome people in. Jesus, if you look at the Bible, Jesus often ate with sinners. I also felt God for those... I also felt God say that for those of you who've been saved from some Muslim backgrounds, that the journey for you has driven you out of Muslim communities that exist on Teesside. But you know what? I feel God said Jesus is drawing you back to love them, to care for them, to welcome them, to invite them. Find opportunities to eat and meet with them. You are best placed, Jubilee, to do that. Don't run away from what, the, what God calls our own flesh and blood. Very challenging. The same for you, my Eritrean family. I loved worshipping with you yesterday on Saturday at Cannon Park. Um, um, uh, it, it, it was a beautiful time of worship. Thank you for putting that on, as you do every week. God is building his international church, isn't he? You, have be, you guys have been baptized in God the Holy Spirit, filled with the love and power of God as McConnell so beautifully shared the other day. I feel God is calling you too to be fishers of men and women too. You are best placed, uh, Eritrean friends, to be encouraging communities to those who don't know the power of God the Holy Spirit amongst your friends and uh, other people that, you're, that, you, that you invite and that you're, uh, um, uh, that you're close to. I feel that God is going to use you to free the bondage of African religion and legalism in Teesside. Okay. And God wants to use you encouragingly. You have a part to play. This is, what, uh, this is what Jesus said in Matthew 5.14. You are the light of the world. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket where no one can see it. No, they put, on, they put, they put it on the lampstand and it gives light to all who are in the house. That's what we are to be, lights everywhere across Teesside, in different nations, in different communities, in different ways. Be creative, have fun. Finally, prayer. We're going to end here. 
Being fishers of men is about praying. When these guys followed Jesus, they would have seen a lot of prayer. Jesus prayed a lot. I love being with Michael. Michael prays a lot. As we move into the next season of reaching out, let's pray like Jesus. I want you to have a listen to this short clip and then we're going to respond, okay? Um, It's by a guy called Pete Gregg, the founder of 24-7 Prayer International, which is a, a worldwide prayer movement. So let's have a quick listen to this video. Thank you. 
don't sort of start week one with shouting in tongues or, oh Lord, we beseech thee type prayers. But when people are ready, normally it's that week when we talk about prayer on Alpha, we just introduce a nice, simple prayer and we give others the chance to do one too, if they want to. Some of those first simple prayers we can pray really are the best. <coughs> so to recap, let's just release the power of prayer to change lives through Alpha. Get everyone involved. I might be biased, but I think the most important part of Alpha is prayer. Make sure that your Alpha comes with batteries and sleep. Is that just too cheesy or is that okay? Excellent. Let's stand, shall we? If you haven't written your names down, do write your names on those sheets of paper. If the band can come up, that would be great. I'm going to pray. I want us to be praying for this church to be reaching out across Teesside and to be reaching out across the nations, actually, as we pray for other churches. I want us to have faith that Jesus saves, that there is power in the gospel and that... Um, um, and that many lives will be rescued. As we sing, I would like you to put the names of those, those people that you have faith for in this box, okay, in this bucket. And as, we're not going to read this bucket. We're going you know, we're, we're to keep that very confidential. But I just feel this is a symbolic act where we say we are going to trust Jesus in calling us to be fishers of men. Is that okay? So let's, let's stand, let's worship, um, and then one by one, why don't you put your names in that bucket as we pray and worship?